You guys doing well? Anyone else feel totally out of their comfort zone while we were doing My Lighthouse? I was actually okay, I was okay with this. When it came to the jig bit, I was way out of my comfort zone. So um, it's really great to be together. And uh, uh, just give me a wave if you're here and you're under the age of 11. There's a few adults' hands going up, which is a bit worrying. But... Under 11s, it's great to have you in with us this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, just give me a wave if you're here for just especially visiting dedications this morning, maybe friends, family. Just You guys are so welcome. Thank you so much for coming to be with us. Let's just welcome them, shall we? Thank you so much for being with us. And uh, just, just give us a wave if you're an S2. I think I can hear them waving. Can you? Guys, it's great to have you here as well. I hope you're having a messy, creative time over there. And uh, you're out of sight, but not out of mind. So I hope you have a great morning uh, this morning. So we are in a summer series um, looking at the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. So if you've got a Bible, you might like to turn to Galatians chapter 5. But I could do with a, a willing volunteer under the age of 11 who can come and read for me a short passage of Scripture. So if you fancy yourself as a budding narrator, you'd like to... Brilliant. Yes. Come, come, come. Can I have a microphone, please? Thank you so much. Yeah, let's give a warm round of applause. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, just uh, tell everyone your name first. Jessica. Jessica, brilliant. Jessica, come over here and you are going to read our scripture this morning. It's this one in red right there. Here we go. Should I read 16? Yeah. Okay. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 23, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Smashed it, Jessica. That was amazing. Thank you so much. Brilliant. So good. It's helpful to have the verse numbers as well. So good. And so the, the picture here that Paul is painting for us is that different trees produce different kinds of fruit. Okay, that's his analogy. He's giving us the analogy of trees producing fruit. And so uh, if you're under the age of five, here is a quick and very easy quiz for you. So I just want you to shout out very loudly from your seat. If you're on S2, you can join in as well. Under fives only. Okay, so and just, just wave at me if you're under five and you're in this room. Hardly any of us. So this may be quiet in here. There's one, there's one young lad over here. We're depending a lot on you this morning. So uh, here we go. So, so can you just tell me first, what kind of tree produces this kind of fruit? Apple. Brilliant. Very, very good. An apple tree produces Apples. Okay, so here we have an easy peel satsuma of some kind. What kind of tree produces this? An orange tree. I'll take an orange tree. Yes, an orange tree. What about this? A banana. A banana tree produces a banana. What about this? A carrot tree. That's right. No, I just threw that in there just, just to check that you were kind of listening. So... Paul is saying different trees produce 
different kinds of fruit. And so here is the question this morning. What kind of tree produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? What kind of tree produces that kind of fruit? A banana tree is the wrong answer. A Jesus-shaped tree. Someone who follows Jesus produces these kinds of fruit. That's just what they do. And this is Paul's point in this passage. And he's reminding us that that moment that we started to follow Jesus was the moment where God replanted your life. He took you out of your old sinful life and he replanted you in new soil called Jesus soil. And the natural thing for Jesus-shaped people is to produce fruit that looks like Jesus. So if I had a, a pictorial example of that in this box, that's what you would look like. Jesus' followers produce these fruit. And um, Jesus, of course, said on another occasion that by their fruit, you shall know them. So what was he talking about there? What he's saying this, that what happens on the outside of our lives as Christians should be evidence of what's happened on the inside of our lives. God has done something on the inside and it makes a difference on the outside because you always reproduce around you the environment that is within you. That's why being a Christian is, is not uh, putting a hand up in a meeting or even being dedicated this morning or going to church all your life. Being a Christian is following Christ and producing the fruit that looks like Jesus. That's what it looks like. People should look at you and say, you... You smell a bit like Jesus. You, you look a little bit like Jesus. Your life reminds me of Jesus because you are Jesus' followers, Jesus-shaped people. The idea, of course, is that when you encounter God, you become like God. There's this great story. Uh, a few hundred years ago, there was a man called John Wesley. And John Wesley was a very famous preacher. And he was in the middle of a great revival in this country. And in that revival, when the Holy Spirit came, all sorts of different things happened as people came to know Jesus. And in one particular town, this one lady who was known to be the worst sinner in the whole town showed up to the meeting. And she was the woman that was always drunk and she was the woman that was always swearing. She was the woman that never went to church meetings, that never sang worship songs, that never showed any interest in Jesus. And she came to one of John Wesley's meetings. And while she was there, the Holy Spirit so powerfully came upon her that she fell on the floor and she lay on the floor shaking like this. And one of the local church leaders came up to John Wesley and said, Mr. Wesley... Is that God? And he was very offended that this woman was lying on the floor shaking. And John Wesley said, I don't know whether it's God. And so the minister went away and it carried on. The woman was on the floor kind of shaking. The minister came back to John Wesley and said, Mr. Wesley, is this really God? And he said, I don't know. And this happened several times until eventually the lady got off the floor. And as soon as she got off the floor, she started to praise God and worship and sing the name of Jesus. At which point John Wesley went to his friend and he said, that was God. <laughs> What's the point? By their fruit, you shall know them. By their fruit, you shall know them. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And Paul here, he lists nine specific fruits that he expects to grow in the life of those who follow Jesus. Now, here's a little question. Have you ever wondered why Paul calls them fruits of the Spirit? Why not 
cereals of the spirit or chocolates of the spirit or vegetables. I mean, vegetables are nice, aren't they? Vegetables of the spirit. Why fruits? Well, to help us understand the reason why, we are going to play a quick, is it a fruit or is it a vegetable quiz? So I'd like you all to stand, please. If you're in the overflow, please stand now. And everyone in here, let's just quickly stand. Now, there is a prize for the last man or woman, boy or girl, standing at the end of this quiz. And it's a warm handshake from the preacher at the end of the meeting. It's to be highly valued, not to be poo-pooed. It's a, it's a good prize. And so uh, here we go. In this, in this quiz, you can raise a right hand for vegetable or a left hand for fruit. If you get it wrong, you have to sit down. Okay, that's the rules. No cheating. If you see someone cheating next to you, then just call them out, okay, to say, cheat. Okay, so right hand vegetable, left hand fruit. Everyone got that? Let's just try that. If you think it's a vegetable, right hand. If you think it's a fruit, left hand. Steve got it wrong, but that's okay. Okay, so... Here we go. Everyone ready in the overflow as well? Okay, so here we go. The big fruit vegetable quiz starts right now. So we're going to start nice and easy. Here we go. First, is it a fruit or is it a vegetable? Vote now. Now, don't call it out. Don't spoil it for people that don't know. The answer to that question is, it's a fruit. Hey, very good. Uh, there's no shame if you got that wrong, but shame on you. Learn your fruit and vegetables. Okay, here's, here's the second one. This is, again, very easy, very easy. Fruit or vegetable? It is, of course, a vegetable. Very, very good. Everyone's still standing. It's very good. Okay, let's, let's, let's go on next. Here we go. Next one. Cucumber. Fruit or vegetable? Ooh, the room's starting to split. I like this. The room is... Well, the answer is a cucumber is a fruit. There we go. Wow, we've got really loads of you. Whew. Okay, all right. Next one. Next one. Well done for those. Okay, the humble courgettes, fruit or vegetable? Ooh, here we go. A courgette is actually a fruit. It's a fruit. Very good. You guys really know your fruits and vegetables. This is good. Okay. Here we go. Next one. This is, this is called an ochre, and it's from New Zealand. Fruits or vegetable? Both. It can't be both. Okay. The answer is vegetable. Very good. Very good. This is actually known as a New Zealand yam. So there you go. All right, next one. For the Italians amongst us, olives. Fruit or vegetable? Oh, for the first time in the front row, we have a split decision. The answer is fruit. It is a fruit. Olive is a fruit. Okay, next one. I'm going to be doing lots of handshakes still at this stage. So here we go. This is a nopales from Mexico. Fruit or vegetable? Vote now. Fruit or vegetable? The answer is vegetable. 
vegetable. That got rid of a lot of you. That was great. Okay, we've got two more. Two more to play for here, folks. So here we go. The pepper. The pepper. Fruit or vegetable? The answer is fruit. I was surprised by that. I would have said vegetable all the way, but it is a fruit. Okay, so here is the last one. Pea pods. Fruit or vegetable? No Googling, no Wikipediaing, no phoning the greengrocer. Okay, the answer is fruit. Right, just wave at me if you're still standing. Wow, you guys are legends in the fruit and vegetable department. Well done. Very, very good. Now, just to clarify on the last one, the pea pods apparently are fruits. The peas are vegetables. So it was a, it was a slight trick question, I know, but there we go. So, so here's the question. Why does Paul say fruits of the Spirit and not vegetables of the Spirit? What makes a fruit a fruit? And the answer is fruits all have seeds. Fruits all have seeds. That's what makes them a fruit. So, you know, inside every... Inside every apple, this one has gone a bit brown because I cut it earlier, but inside every apple is a seed. In this seed is an apple, and in this apple is a seed. And Paul is making a point here when he says, grow in the fruits of the Spirit, because he's saying inside every Jesus-shaped believer, there is something to grow and something to enjoy. There is an apple to eat, but there is a seed to give away. There is something to plant into others. There is something that can be grown within you. And he's saying the fruits of the Spirit are like that. When you start following Jesus, he plants these seeds in your life. Love and joy and peace and patience. These things that reflect Jesus, but they, they're put into your life in seed form to see what you will do with it. How many of you, when you first started following Jesus, you started acting completely completely patient the very next day probably not many of us that's because patience was planted in your life like a small seed but in that seed was patience if you will nurture and grow it and that's Paul's point here fruits grow when you look after them and just for the the time that we have remaining I just want to put my focus on one of those fruits and it's the first one that Paul mentions and it's the fruit of love and I would suggest to you that of all of these nine fruits love is the most important that's why Paul puts it right at the top of the list in fact elsewhere Paul says this he says now these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love, love. And the reason it's the greatest is that you need love to exercise all the other fruits. Why do we act in a self-controlled way? Because of love. Why are we patient? Because of love. How can we be kind? Because of love. I mean, just if for any of you that have small children, we saw some this morning, you will know that what helps you as a parent act in a kind and gracious and patient and good way is that you just love that chubby little baby. Even though it smells and it makes noises and it wakes you up at ungodly times in the night and, you know, it demands of you, you just love that baby. 
And love is the filter through which all these other fruits get expressed in our lives. Now, there are, of course, many ideas of what love looks like in the world. And so we're just going to take a quick snapshot, a little clip here, and uh, just see if you can name every movie in these clips that we're about to watch. So here we go. before yours, like, you know, how Kristoff brought you back here to Hans and left you forever. Kristoff loves me? Wow, you really don't know anything about love, do you? Olaf, you're melting. Some people are worth melting for. Say hi there. Oh, yes. My name is Doug. I have just met you, and I love you. My master made me this collar. He is a good and smart master, and he made me this collar so that I may talk. Squirrel! something crazy will you marry me can I say something even crazier yes very good so did you get all of those Okay, so there's all sorts of ideas in there about what love actually is so the Lion King tells us that love is kind of a romantic traction between talking lions you've, you've, you've got you've got Olaf the snowman in the film Frozen, who says that there are some people worth melting for? Oh, wasn't that just a ugh, melted your heart? It was a beautiful moment. Um, you know, you, you had Despicable Me. Did anyone get that one? Despicable Me, uh, which is about love for toy unicorns and special attachments to things and toys. You had Lady and the Tramp, which is, you know, love is sharing your spaghetti and your meatballs. By the way, never try that on a first date because that's really messy. Really, really messy. Um, uh, uh, you know, or you have kind of up. Did anyone get that one? 
yeah, with the soppy dog, you know, it's a kind of soppy dog. That's what kind of love kind of looks like. And so the question is, is this the kind of love that Paul is talking about? Well, I would suggest that Olaf the snowman is probably the closest out of all those clips as to what love looks like. Here are just three things about love for us to learn this morning. Firstly, God is love. God is love. To understand love, you've actually got to start with God himself. And in fact, the the clearest, shortest definition we have of God in the Bible is in 1 John 4.16, and it says this, God is love. What's God like? God is love. That's who he is. And, you know, Hollywood and Instagram and Facebook and, and kind of all these things have only a kind of a partial window on what love is like. But God himself gets to define what love is because he is love itself. Someone once said this, that the love of God is not like one of the books about him, but it is the bookshelf on which all the other books are placed. In other words, everything about God flows from his nature of love. Everything he does is because he loves us. He loves us. He loves us. He is love. Secondly, love is about laying down your life. Let's just read this verse out together. It's a very famous verse from John 3.16. Here we go. Everyone read it nice and loudly. Ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. How does God define love there? He gave his son. Love is actually not about taking, it's about giving. It's about laying our lives down for one another. And uh, last week, you will have heard uh, Steve relaunch our Tsunami of Love initiative. And really what this is about is about helping us to think, how can I lay my life down for somebody else in my community, in my workplace, in my street? How can I give something away that is going to bless someone, but more than that, show them a picture of what God looks like? That's really the heart behind this. This is not just a gimmick. This is a way of actually revealing to people in our community, this is what God's like. God gives. He gave his only son. I'm giving you a box of chocolates, but he gave you Jesus. This is a reflection of a much bigger truth. And I just want to encourage you, if you are in families particularly, take our Tsunami of Love challenge this month. Uh, There are kind of nine, there are ten things on here as examples of things that you can do just to bless and give the love of God away to other people. And just say, listen, this is what God's like. I really want to bless you. I want to love you. It might be cleaning your neighbor's car. It might be giving a thank you note to someone at work. It might be giving a gift to someone you know is in need. It could be many, many different things. You know, many of you will know that uh, my wife at the moment is unwell. She's recovering from ME and she says hello. She misses you. And, you know, we've been amazed at the way in which God has showed us what he is like through other people in this season. And just as an example, in the last just few weeks, um, I had one man that I'd literally met on two occasions from another church come up to me and he said, I just felt I had this word about you giving some money, being given some money. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. And then the next week, he gave me some money. I mean, just a lot of money. And he's like, we just want to help pay for treatment and we want to bless you in this season. And I was like, that wasn't just an answer to prayer. That was a revelation of what God looks like. You know, someone is sitting with Carol this morning doing church at home. That's an expression of love that tells us what God looks like. Someone else sent us a card with 15 pounds of Waitrose vouchers in them so that we could buy organic food. That's an expression of the love of God. 
You know, right now in our front room, there are some sunflowers that someone brought around this week. That's an expression of the love of God. These things are not incidental. This is the real thing. Love when we lay our lives down for one another. I need to stop because my alarm is going off. So here's the question. What are you going to do to lay your life down for somebody else this week? What could you do together to bless someone and show them a picture of what God looks like? And then lastly, love grows by walking with God. 1 John 4.12 says, God is love and he who abides in love abides in God. And the point of that passage is that whatever you behold the most, you end up becoming like. Do you know the people that love the best are the people that have been loved the most? The people that love the best are the people that have been loved the most. And here's the truth. You have all been loved with an everlasting love from a God who is love. None of us miss out. No matter what our human experience is like, God is love. And the most important person in the whole universe has showered his love upon you. You know, have you ever heard the phrase uh, that dog owners look a lot like their dogs? This, this just illustrates this principle of you become what you behold. So what do you think? This guy, there's a definite similarity. What about the next one? Yeah, again, just some real similarities there. Next one. I'm not sure who's become like who in this picture, but again, you could tell the last one just here. Those two are definitely alike. The point is, what you behold, you become like. And it's the same, actually, with God. When you live a life, when you walk with God and you receive his love for you, you get transformed to become like him. That's how it works. C.S. Lewis said this, The Christian does not think God will love us because we are good, but that God will make us good because he loves us. Just as the roof of a sun house does not attract the sun because it's bright, but becomes bright because the sun shines on it. You understand the thing that transforms you is the love of God. You're like a greenhouse. How do you grow in love? Allow the Father to love you. Allow the Father to love you and you will begin to reflect him. So as we finish, how can we grow in this fruit of love? Three things. Firstly, if God is love, then just grow in your knowledge of God. Just get to know him any which way you can. Just throw your life into growing in your knowledge of what God is like and who he is. Secondly, if love is laying down your life, think, who am I going to serve this week? And so what we're going to do right now is we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit who we can serve this week. So I just want everyone, just for 20 seconds or so, just to close your eyes, just where you're seated right now. And kids, you can join in. Holy Spirit really wants to speak to you as well. And I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, would you show me somebody that I can love this week? Show me somebody that I can serve this week. Just ask him very quickly for a name or the picture of someone and then what he would like you to do for them. Great, well done. Just wave at me if you just had an impression of someone that you should bless or serve or love this week. Just wave at me. Great. 
I just want you to turn, just quickly, turn to someone next to you. And if you haven't got anything yet, that's okay. God's going to show you even as we leave this service. Just quickly turn to one another. And I just want you to share what it is that you feel God's asked you to do. Just real quickly, turn to one another. And some of you are going to get ideas even as you're talking to your neighbor. Brilliant. Well done. And guys, why don't we just stand as we finish? And I want to pray for us. Because the third way that we grow in love is just by receiving the Father's love. Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray just for, just for a few moments together. Father, we just thank you that we have been loved with an everlasting love. Thank you, Jesus, that before we loved you, you loved us. You saw us. I thank you this morning, no matter how near or far from God we feel in this room, you love us with an everlasting love. You came for us. You know us each by name. Thank you that the thoughts you have about us outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore. And so, Father, this morning, we just say we want to grow in the fruit of love by allowing you to love us. God, we just remember this morning, I am loved by God. I am loved by God. There may be many things broken in this world, but the most important thing is this. I am loved by Father God. And nothing can separate me from his love. Father, we just pray, let us grow in this fruit of love this week as we walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen.